This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, it's officially December. Can you believe it? I mean, it's here already. Uh, I mean, we're already starting to count down the days now uh, to Christmas. And if you're ready or not, we're here. And boy, this has been an eventful year. It's been probably one of the most challenging years that most of us have gone through. We would have never thought a year ago that we would have experienced the things that we have experienced this past year. I think we all could probably attest to that. I mean, I saw the video a little bit earlier in the service of the Christmas program last year, and we, in the New Year's Eve service, the go beyond, and and all that we were preparing for, the revival services, and the 21 days of prayer and fasting, the missions convention, and then, bam, who would have known we would be experiencing what we went through, the COVID, the beginning of COVID, the uncertainty quarantine, shutdown. I mean, how many remember the, the mass panic and you couldn't even buy toilet paper? You know, I mean, who would have ever imagined you were searching for toilet paper? One of our leaders, uh, uh, Vidal, uh, brought my wife and I some toilet paper because we didn't even have time to get any. I mean, come on, who would have ever thought this would have been this kind of year? The injustices that we went through uh, and are still persevering through, the senseless deaths, the the protesting and the riot and then the the tense political environment that we've had uh, all year long. I mean, this has been, I mean, this has been years of news and history in one year, right? And we may not be, we may not feel prepared for Christmas. We may feel unprepared, but I want to encourage you, and over the next couple weeks, we want to just refocus, if it would, back one more time, because we may not feel prepared, but it's here and we don't want to lose, even in the midst of uncertainty, we don't want to lose what the reason for this season is. And it's to celebrate, first of all, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, to celebrate who he is and the relationship that we have with him. Can I just hear an amen wherever you're at right now? I mean, this has been a tough year. I mean, our our plans have gotten messed up. How many can look back and say, man, my plans got messed up this year. And yet Jesus is still the king and he still sits on the throne. He is still the one that no matter what we've gone through, no matter what the circumstances have been, no matter how, uh, if it would be, you know, distracted we've gotten, at the end of the day, we've got to focus our hearts back to the true affection that God desires for us to have, and it's an affection to him and a love for him, and we've got to be reminded that there are promises that come through Jesus, promises for you and I, that we can hold on to. And over the next few weeks, we're going to begin to look at this journey to the stable from the life of Mary. Let me give you a little background before I jump into the scripture here. First of all, Mary 
Mary, uh, when, uh, when, we, when we get introduced to her here in the book of Luke, it's a very difficult time. It's, a, uh, it's, it's a, a time where it's very, very dark, very dark days when we begin to read this story. For 400 years, for 400 years, they're waiting. It's a prophecy to Malachi, and they're waiting. The Jewish people are waiting for the promised Messiah. They're waiting as, as, as they, they have longed for the Messiah to come. And in the midst of these dark days, because of Rome's occupation and the crushing pressure and, and, the, and, and, and the, the situation politically, as well as uh, where they would be living, all that was going on, it was some of the toughest days that Israel had faced for many, many years. And that day, Mary wakes up. Mary had no idea that her plans were about to get messed up. She had no idea what was about to happen. And yet she was about to receive the greatest promise that had ever been given to any woman, to anyone. And that was she was about to wake up that day and have an encounter with the angel Gabriel that would change not only her life, but would change the life of humanity and the world as we know it today. You and I are today worshiping the Lord because of this event, because of her willingness, and there is so much that we can receive for our own lives. What I love about Mary, as I get ready to read her story, is that Mary had a heart that was prepared for the visitation of God. And if you're taking notes, you need to put that in your notes somewhere, type it in, write it in, because we've gotta have a heart a heart that's prepared for God's visitation. Can I just hear an amen? I mean, we've got to be positioned for the promise, for a visitation of the Lord, and that we can hear it, we can receive it, we believe it, we act upon it, and we can praise God for it. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Let's go to our scripture. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is just a little bitty uh, village, really. They're calling it a city. But when you go to Israel, when you come through the, the Valley of Armageddon there, Nazareth will be up uh, on a, a little hill, it's a little village, it's so small that they don't even take tours there. We don't even, I've never, I've been there four times and I've never been into the city of Nazareth. Every time we ask, the tour guide says, there's nothing there. And that was the feeling in the day that Jesus was born. In fact, Nazareth was a city that was uh, looked down upon. It was a city that, that uh, uh, they, would, they would not speak of in a favorable light. And so here we see that, that Gabriel was sent from God to, the city, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man, betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was what? Mary. And he, Gabriel, came to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And I just want to pause for a moment and tell you 
that as you have a heart that's positioned for God, as you have a heart that's inclined to hear from God, can I just encourage you for a moment, when you posture yourself like that, the favor of God begins to be released into your life. Why was Mary positioned and postured to carry uh, the Messiah? It's because she already had a heart that was postured and positioned for God's favor to flow in her. And my prayer, my prayer for myself and for you is that God, my heart is postured. I'm positioned, oh God, for the promises, for the promises of God to be released into my life and into our church. Can I hear an amen right now? Right where you're at, type it in, say it. Amen, let it be, oh God. She was greatly troubled, though, at the the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Jesus was a common name of that day. It wasn't anything spectacular about the name of Jesus. It was what's coming next that made it stand out. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Can I hear an amen today? that there is no end. We're we're walking in that kingdom right now. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And Gabriel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come over and upon you and the power of the Most High, the anointing of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the uh, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth is in her old age and has also conceived a son. He's letting her know that that which seems impossible is not impossible. With God, all things are possible. And Elizabeth, in her old age, is also conceived. She's six months. We hear about that story over in chapter one. She is, uh, and, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. She couldn't have children. For nothing will be impossible with God. He's encouraging her. He's encouraging her and saying, this will be possible. Believe it, receive it, it's possible. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Can I hear an amen to the reading of the word of God? Again, what sticks out to me is Mary's heart was prepared for a visitation of God, that the angel Gabriel was going to come that day and he is going to completely mess up any plans that she's had for her life, for that day, everything gets messed up. But her heart was one that was prepared for that visitation and when the message of the Lord came to her, she perceived the source that it was from God, that this was a message from God and that God was going to release his promise. The promise that he had for his children through Mary. If you're taking notes, write it down. She perceived it because her heart was postured. She was positioned for the promise of what God was going to do. You see, God is still a God today, a God that makes promises to his children. 
God is a dream giver. He is one that plants dreams and visions and promises into the hearts of his people. And he is a God that keeps every promise. Can I just hear an amen? The promises that have been released in the past. 2020 might have been a year that everything got messed up. But let me tell you, the promises are not gone. They are being bottled up. They are promises that are being waited for. In the right moment, God is going to release it. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, Ephesians 3.20, where God says in the word, Paul says, it's by God's mighty power. You see, the same power that overshadowed Mary is the same power that's in you and I today through the Holy Spirit, by his mighty power that's at work within us. You see, here's the thing. When you come to Christ, when you give your life to Christ, what happens is God awakens your spirit and his presence through the Holy Spirit now takes residence within you. The power of God that overshadowed Mary and made that which is impossible possible is the same power that God releases to you and I. Through salvation, his presence is there. Through the Holy Spirit, I begin to grow in the anointing of God. I become more aware of who he is and what he does, and I learn to walk in his ways. And when I do, I love Ephesians because he says, he is able. Say, he is able. Somebody put it in a chat box for me right now. He is able. Say it again. He is able. If you came with somebody, nudge them and just remind them, he is able. God is able to do more than we could ever dare to think, dream, or ask. He could do more. He's the dream giver. But we got to have hearts. Hearts that are postured, hearts that are positioned, hearts that are ready for God to work through us. I love what he says at the end of Ephesians chapter three. God is able to do more than we could ever think, dream, or imagine. And then it says infinitely more, more than we could ever think, more than we could ever hope for. You see what I'm telling you? is that if you'll position yourself for the promise, he is still a promise keeper. He is still a God that releases promises. And I want you to hold it. God has promises for you that are yet to be released. Tell your neighbor, there's promises for you. Promises that are yet to be released. Come on, touch somebody. Get this into your spirit today. God's messed up 2020. I mean, it's all been changed. It's all been messed up. But he messes it up so that we can discern what he's doing and posture ourselves for the greatest promises that are yet to come. Let me share with you another verse in Luke chapter 1 and verse 28. And he came to her and he said, greetings. Again, I read it to you. Look here again. Greetings, favored one of the Lord. The Lord is with you. But she was troubled at the saying, trying to discern, underline it, trying to discern what sort of greeting that would be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see, anytime that you position your heart 
when you position your heart for a visitation of God, you've got to then be in a place that you are discerning what is God's purpose and what is God's plans. And when you're positioned for a visitation, you are in a much better place to discern the purposes and the plans of God. I've pastored full time for over 30 years, been in a large context for over 20. And I'm telling you the thing that I watch more and more and more in people's lives is they don't discern what God is doing. They don't discern when plans begin to get messed up. They don't discern that God is trying to get your attention. You see, when your plans get messed up, when God messes up your plans, when 2020 messes up everything that we would have planned and thought about, I want you to know God is trying to get your attention. He's trying to to get my attention. Why? It's because he's got promises. Hear me now. Promises that are yet to be released into your life. Too many for too long have been discouraged. They've been all tied up in the crisis of what's been going on throughout this year. And we've got to shake off some things. We got to shake off some fear. We got to shake off some apathy. And we've got to say, God, I hear you. You're speaking and I'm here. And God, I know, I know that my heart is positioned for the favor of God to be released. And I want to take hold of every promise that you have for me. I love the encouragement of John 10, 10, where Jesus says, my purpose is to give life in its fullness, a far better life than you could ever believe for. It's what I've planned for your life. That's what God is saying to you and I is he has purposes and plans and promises. He's got promises that he wants to release over you, dreams that he wants to speak into you. The question is, do you perceive it? Do we recognize it? Do we understand what God's wanting to do? I learned a long time ago that the promises of God are linked to the purposes of God. His promise is linked to his purpose in my life. And I've come to understand that the purposes of God always advance the mission of God. They always advance the kingdom of God. For too many years, too many have thought the purposes of God is to prosper their own lives. And that's a byproduct of it. But I'm telling you, when promises of God are released into your life, it's to advance the kingdom of God for the glory of God. So Mary is highly favored, why? Because she perceived the source of the message of what God was saying and God was promising that he was going to release this over her life. So I just want to encourage you and I to be people, people that are ready, people that discern, people that are saying, God, I am your servant and I'm ready. Because there's a huge, 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 huge difference. A huge difference from something that I want, something that I desire, and something that God wants and God's desire. And too many times I catch myself in my prayers praying what I want instead of saying, God, your will be done. God, your will, your plan. In fact, I've begun to say, if it's anything that's a personal prayer, I've begun to say, God, this is my desire, this is my heart, but God, your will be done. Close doors, open doors, reveal to me because I want to walk in your promises. Such a huge difference, right? When we begin to walk in the promises of God because they go so, uh, they, they, they're so different sometimes than what 
I desire. Mary didn't go looking for this. She didn't go looking for this promise. It was something that God found favor and he was going to release it. I mean, the Christ's birth, the birth of Christ was so unexpected. I mean, here's Mary and Joseph. They're barely teenagers, 13, 14 years old. They're about to get married. And God comes along and he says, I'm changing your plans. I, I got a different plan and a purpose. And, and you're, going to get, you're going to get married, uh, yes, but before you get married, you're actually going to get pregnant before your wedding day. And oh, guess what? Joseph is not the father and neither will another human uh, 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 man be the father. No, the baby is going to be from, from God himself, the son of God. You talk about having a morning where you're trying to wrestle with that and it just messes up everything. And yet she was positioned to discern what God was doing. Now, I've come to understand, secondly, that, that it's not enough just to perceive that this is a divine interruption, that this is something from God. It's a message from God, because God will just show up. But I've come to understand that, secondly, I've got to, I've got to believe this message. It's got to be something in my heart. I've got to believe it, and I've got to hold on to it. Can I hear an Amen. I perceive it's coming from God, but now this message is something that I've got to hold on to. Let me take you to Luke. Luke chapter one, look here again at verse 36. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Because in her own natural mind, she was trying to understand, she was trying to understand what, what was this? What was going on? And, and in her own mind, how can this be? And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son and this is the sixth month, we read, sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And look at Mary's response. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of God. You see, when Mary hears what the angel is saying, she's perplexed. She doesn't quite understand it. And, and, and she's trying to make sense. How can this be? I'm, I'm a virgin. And the angel's response is, through the Holy Spirit, you're going to conceive, and that which you conceive is going to be the Son of God, the Messiah. And, and, and in that moment, all of a sudden, she's wrestling with it, and he encourages her to say, nothing is impossible with God. And she says, she believes, she says, let it be, behold, I am your servant. See, when we begin to believe it, it begins to get conceived into our spirit. Some say seeing is believing. Now, I'm called Thomas. I live sometimes too much by show me the evidence, show it to me, let me see it. I, I don't quite believe it until you prove it to me. But with God, believing is seeing. Believing is something gets birthed into my spirit and I begin to take hold of it in the supernatural. But one of the dangers of belief is that there is a delayed belief in my life. I won't believe it until I see it and there's a delay. 
but God's promises, the vision of God, and the dreams that God gets to, uh, wants to get into our spirit is something that gets birthed in us, and when he births it in us, we take hold of that dream, that vision, that promise by faith. And when we take hold of it, we take hold of it and we don't let it go and we begin to walk in obedience and we begin to persevere until we see it come to pass. It gets conceived in us and we believe it. Has that ever happened to you that, that you haven't seen it yet, but by faith it gets birthed into your spirit and something jumps in you and you know that you know that this is God and you step out in faith and obedience and perseverance and you push forward. And as you do, you begin to see it. That which is in the spirit begins to come down into the physical and into the natural. And that which you didn't see before, now you see because you've brought it down through faith in your obedience and your perseverance. Let me read a scripture to you. This is Jesus. Jesus is speaking to Thomas. And Jesus said to Thomas, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not what? Seen and yet they believe. I remember as a missionary in Vienna, Austria, I remember, I've talked about it many times, when, when, when we were at that place and we were, we were growing and, and we had outgrown the facility and we were doing multiple, multiple services every weekend and we were believing that God was gonna give us another location and for three years, we look, we put contracts out, we, we try to find facilities, but because in Austria we were considered a sect, a cult, they would be standoffish and they wouldn't want to open up. We couldn't get a bank approval. And I remember when we found the facility that they're in now, and when we found that facility, there was such a sense of faith that dropped in. In fact, the morning that I shared with the church that we were at a deadline, we were at the final hour, and somehow this week, God's got to provide the resources or we're not gonna get the facility, they're gonna sell it to the next buyer. We needed $2 million. Now, $2 million to the church of that day in Vienna is like us needing $5 million tomorrow. I mean, it's, it's, it's similar. It was like that kind of, 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 of just uh, impossibility. It wasn't there. And that morning, I happened to have my keys, and I don't usually have my keys when I come up to preach, but it happened to be in my jacket, and, and I took the keys out. And I held up my house key and I said, just like this key opens my house. There's an assurance that when I get home today that that is my house. It's going to open up my door. It's something that I have. Even though I didn't own it, uh, it was mine. It was my house. You get what I mean? And, and I said, just as I hold this key, there's something in my spirit that says this is for us. It's a promise from God, and we're going to see it come to pass. And by next week... Next week, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to tell you what God has done. Now, in that moment, I'm holding that key. I'm making that statement. Oh, it sounds great faith at this moment. But as soon as I said it, there was this delayed, this delayed belief that hit me and said, what did you just do? My mind is saying, you just put faith on a deadline. It's one thing to say, oh, God's gonna do it, and it's general. 
It's open-ended. It's another thing to say, by next week, this is going to happen. By next week, this cancer is going to be out of your body. By next week, your marriage is going to be restored. By next week, this is going to happen. And I'm telling you, man, this delayed belief hit me and said, what are you doing? But there was something in my heart, in my spirit. It had been conceived. It had been believed that the promises of God for the purposes of God were going to come to pass. And I've told the story, if you've never heard it, after that service, when I said it, I stepped down and a gentleman walked up to me. I knew him. He was in our discipleship school. I knew that he had some money. I didn't know he had that kind of money. And he walked up and said, Pastor, I have the money. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. I didn't get it. I was still in delayed belief. And I said, what money? What, what are you talking about? And he says, I have the $2 million. And I said, you have the, you have the money. I pointed. I remember. I'm not, I'm not animating this. I pointed to, you have the money? And he says, yeah, I have the money. And God, I feel like, and he didn't know what to do with this. He says, I feel like God wants me to help you guys buy the building. I said, I think God's right. I, <laughs> I think he does one. I think he does. Ten days later, $2 million was transferred into the account. I'm telling you, it gets into your spirit and you believe it. When I came to CLC now nine years ago, God put in my heart what was going to happen through encounters. God put in my heart what God was going to do with the women of our church. God put in my heart that Southeastern University would be a place that we would be training ministers and and, and missionaries and worship leaders, and we would begin to send them from our church. And I'm telling you, nine years later, we've already sent one missionary couple. We're going to be sharing with you in a couple months two more individuals that are leaving from our church to go to the mission field and the pastors that are being raised up and worship leaders. It gets into your spirit. Can I get an amen? When Coral Springs came onto the horizon, I didn't come to Fort Lauderdale thinking we were going to do campuses and it was the cool thing to do. Something got into our spirit and we knew that it was from God. Can I hear an amen? Amen prospect and, 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 and the Cayman Islands. And I'm telling you, there are more promises that are stored up for Christian Life Center that are about to be released. This is how Paul says it. I like the way Paul says it. The apostle Paul in Hebrew says, now faith, read it with me. I, I, I want you to get this in your spirit. Now faith, no, no, everybody aloud. I know, I know those in the building are behind a mask. I want you to say it loud. At home, you have no excuse. You have no mask. So say it loud in your living room right now. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction things not seen. It's a conviction that you can't shake. Somebody give the Lord a praise in the house. There's a conviction there. Now, I get asked all the time, Pastor, how do I know that this is God? How do I know that God is speaking and that this conviction or this burden that I have is really God? Well, first of all, if it's to advance the kingdom of God, it's from God. 
God is giving you that thought. You didn't wake up with it. Our tendency is to pull away. Our tendency is to focus on ourselves. But God begins to give you a thought that will expand his kingdom. He'll use scripture. He'll use the word of God. When you allow the word to be the lamp unto your feet and the light to your path, he will light up the path before you. When you're in the word, you're developing godly wisdom and discernment, and you're learning to walk in obedience. And when you do, you're postured to hear and believe like any other time. God will use the Holy Spirit. He overshadowed Mary, and he'll overshadow you and I, and he will speak to your spirit. Scripture says, call to me, and I will what? answer you and I will tell you the great and unsearchable things that you do not know. The Holy Spirit will come and give you a peace. He'll come, the Holy Spirit will give you a prophetic word, a a rhema word that lights up the path of what you should do right now and you will know conviction will rise in your heart that this is the time, this is the will of God. And all of a sudden, you are, are, are carrying, you've been conceived with a vision and a promise and a dream, and, and it's in you, it's growing, it's developing, and you know it's from God. Can I hear an amen? I mean, in the book of Joel, in the book of Acts, it says that, the, that, that they will dream dreams and see visions by the power of the Holy Spirit. So he'll use his word through the spirit, through prayer. He'll begin the release to you and I. But the Holy Spirit will also speak to you through godly counsel. Through the godly, those that are around, those that are in your life, pastors and lay ministers and leaders and and spiritual people in your life that that they will give you. If you seek advice, Proverbs 20 uh, verse 18 says that plans are established by seeking advice. The question is, do you really seek advice? The more and more I work with people, the more I see they don't want advice. If they want advice, they just want you to affirm what they want to do and put a little godly touch to it that it's okay to do what they want to do even if it violates biblical principles or even rational logic and and, and they want you to stamp it with a stamp of approval from a pastoral perspective. Did I just say that out loud? I probably shouldn't have said that. But it's the truth, and the reality is godly counsel through pastors and lay ministers, life group leaders, and leaders in your life will help you to discern the will of God. But I've also learned that God uses circumstances. He uses delays, he uses difficulties. He uses these things in my life as a season of preparation as a season for clarity, as a season to strengthen that conviction and that burden and that vision and that promise. You know, out of some of the greatest difficulties in my life came some of the greatest lessons. I look back to the preparation seasons of my life. Bible college, preparing for ministry was one of those for me. 
the isolation, the, the hours in the chapel praying, the, the time of studying the word and, and, and saying, God, I, I sense uh, what, what you're wanting to do in my life and I want to be prepared for that. But it was a season of preparation. God will prepare you. He'll take you into seasons of preparation. Preparation is always a part of the process. And the process is always a part of the promise. I remember itinerating as a missionary, going from church to church to church, over 150 churches to go to the mission field, sharing what God we felt was doing. And that vision was growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and, and by the time we got to the mission field, we were so filled with faith. We had so many people standing with us that were praying with us and financially supporting us that there was just something that said, we're going to accomplish what God wants because there was faith. This last week, I was really encouraged. Our, our staff got together, uh, social distance. We got outside here. We were all spread out, but we got together for our, our annual Christmas, uh, staff luncheon. And, um, after we played games and shared meal and, you know, and had some of the, you know, the, the preliminary things that we would normally do, we took a time to just begin to talk about what God has done in 2020. Not all the difficulties, not all the problems, not all the things that we know about, but what did God do in 2020? Can I tell you, for probably 30 minutes, the staff began to mention different things of the ministry of Christian Life Center and what has happened in 2020. And can I tell you, every single one of those things we're stronger for it. We are a more, uh, we're in a position to be more effective for the work of the kingdom. And none of it, none of it would have happened if we had not gone through this year. But walking through the year, it was that which was preparing us for what God wanted to do. The last two thoughts I wanna leave you with, I spent a lot of time on the front side of the message. But the last two thoughts, and by the way, a, a good practical thing to do, when you're, when you're trying to, to, to understand what God's dream is and vision and purpose, it's just to begin to do a little bit of reflection. And I would start it like this. If you had $10 million, $10 million, and you could do anything you wanted for God, you had $10 million dollars. Now, it's not just about building a bigger, better house. It's not about just moving, you know, to a beautiful place or driving a, a beautiful, you know, nice car. I'm not talking about the, the materialistic things. Those come with the favor of God as well. But I'm talking about things that you could do for God. $10 million. What would you do? What would you do for God? Just begin to pray about that. Begin to ponder that. Begin to think about it. And as God begins to put, I believe, through the Spirit, things in your heart, the second step to that is to begin to say, what can I do right now that begins to move me towards that which God is birthing in my heart? Don't wait for the 10 million. Begin to say, God, what can I do right now? Because then you begin to take steps towards passion. You begin to take steps towards vision, steps towards the promises of what God wants to do. And before you know it, that which you didn't have, now you have. Because you're walking in obedience and perseverance to the promises of God. 
The second danger I just want to say is disqualifying belief. You disqualify yourself. We make all kinds of excuses, all kinds of reasons because of our limitations and our insecurities why God wouldn't use us. Mary, in those moments of her own natural, how can this be? How? And the Lord began to share with her how, but so often we disqualify ourselves by our own limitations or insecurities. There are always giants in the promised land. There are always things that would cause us to have excuses and and reasons why we don't think that we're the one that God wants to use. We've gotta be careful to say, God, help me to overcome my fear. Don't let my fear paralyze me. God, help me to overcome insecurity. Help me to overcome my past. All of these reasons and excuses, God, help me to push through it. Get a prayer partner that prays with you through it and begins to help you as you navigate towards what God has for you. Mary could have said, I'm too young. I'm not married yet. I mean, these are things. I, I, I've, not, I've not been with a man. All of these reasons. And yet God had a plan and a purpose and the same is for you and I. The second thought is we gotta believe it. The third, just in wrapping up now, the third is that not only do we believe it, but now we embrace it. We receive the mission, we, we embrace it. It's not enough to know that this is what God wants and to believe that God can do it and he wants to do it through me, but now I embrace it. And this is the key why so many don't see God's promises and dreams come to pass. They don't embrace it, they don't take hold of it. Mary said in verse 38, let it be unto me according to your word. She embraced it. Let it be, Lord. I'm your servant. Let it be. I receive it. Young, here she is. She's, she's, she's engaged but not married, but yet God let it be. When you embrace the promise, all of a sudden God begins to activate into your heart. When I look at Abraham and I study the life of Abraham, Abraham teaches me that I've got to step out of my comfort zone and I've got to trust God even when I don't know where I'm going, how long it's going to take, what it's going to mean, I trust God. When I look at the life of other biblical leaders, I see Joshua. Joshua was one that the Lord had to come to and say, be strong, be courageous, be bold. Don't think you're going to do it in yourself. It's through the power of God that's going to work through you. When I look at the life of Nehemiah, Nehemiah shows one that, that you could be living in the palace. Everything, the safety, the benefits of the palace and everything you have, but all of a sudden God begins to dislocate your heart. Something gets birthed into your spirit and you're willing to leave that all behind, the security and the comfort of all that you have because the vision is driving you. For Moses, I see one one that God allowed to fail. He allowed him to fail so that God would break him and mold him and and get him to a place that he could hold the vision. Candy and I look back, my breaking time as a young minister, as a young minister, my breaking time was when we first went to the nation of Hungary. As young missionaries not speaking the language and no one being able to speak English, No matter what I'd done before, no matter what degrees I had, no matter what accolades we had already accomplished, we got to Hungary, and it was a breaking time. 
we begin to see that you look past the crowd and you look to an individual. If it's for one, it's for it all. It's not for the size of the audience, but it's for the mission of Christ. You see, Moses, we see that God allowed him to fail so that he would become broken and be the vessel that God wants to use. When we look at the life of David, we see that God, God uses David to show David that in adversity, we fall in love with the dream giver more than the dream. And for you and I, we've gotta be people that say, God, I wanna be postured. I wanna be in a place that God, you can flow through me and use me. When we look at the life of Paul, Paul is one that shows us that God will clarify the call, especially in times of crisis. He'll clarify it and he'll take our past, he'll take our failures, he'll take all the mess of our life and he'll make it a platform for future fulfillment. That he'll begin to take your past, those things that you feel like would disqualify you. God will begin to build something that you'll be able to use for his glory for the purposes of advancing his kingdom. You see, a dream is worthless unless you and I decide to embrace it and to do something with it. Can I hear an amen? The last and final thought I leave with you on Mary today is that Mary began to praise God. She worshiped God. She, she had believed it. She discerned and perceived it was from God. She embraces it for herself. But then she begins to praise God. She conceived the praise. She responds with great faith. And she says, let me read it to you. She says in verse 16, excuse me, in verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit does what? Rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of your servant, for behold, from now to all generations, they will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. You see, when God bursts it, you praise him. You praise him, even when you haven't seen it, you praise him. You worship him, you glorify him. You know that God in that worship, God is fanning that flame, that fire, that vision in your heart and he's stoking you and he's preparing you to begin to walk in the fulfillment of it. And with that, we say, let it be, let it be. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.